Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. Thanks for joining us here on Bay FM, and you are tuned, as I said, to Future Sense and with my co-host, Steve McDonald. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Nick. Lovely to be here this morning on and this foggy morning. This foggy morning. And we have a wonderful uh, guest who has been here before, our dear friend, good friend, the Texan elf, <laughs> Mr. Schultz, Mitch Schultz. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me back, guys. Love to have you back. You're flying back to the US tonight, tomorrow? Tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, that's a shame. It's all right. I'll Look be back us. soon. I know. You will be back soon, and we're going to love you having, having you back too. So we're going to be chatting on this holiday Monday, a bit of a sort of, uh, you know, a bit of a, well, what, what sort of show are we going to be on to today? There's a lot of world affairs going on, which you could say, show us that we're in a kind of regressive stage of, uh, of evolution on the planet, arguably. We are in that slingshot that dynamic, slingshot. aren't we, where, where the tension is being created by things being pulled backwards. I thought we'd talk this morning about the, the first three layers on the spiral of development, so the pre-rational layers, which are the very, very old value systems and very raw basic value systems, mm. which uh, are still extremely powerful in society. And uh, they are ways of being human that are driven by our most, most basic needs, our basic urges and instincts, mm. very much in the moment. And uh, they do resonate, you know, you get these harmonies with the higher value system. So often somebody operating from a higher value system, uh, the, the sort of vibration of, or the frequency of that way of operating will resonate with uh, the systems on the same side of the spiral, you know, yeah. at that lower level. So, yeah. so for example, six will, will, might generate tribalism from two and, and some element of sort of authoritarianism or dogmatic behavior from four as well like a chord like a musical chord and of course there's a lot of this really basic you know survival tribal raw power stuff that goes on in texas and that's why it's good to have mitch here <laughs> to give us some first-hand uh, reports and for those who don't know when we're talking these numbers that steve just mentioned there we're talking about claire w gray's system which also known uh, an evolution of that as spiral dynamics and the different layers and, and levels is where we like to avoid but layers of or paradigms you could say of consciousness that we see through value systems as you're saying there and uh, that reflection of value systems in lower levels, which is like a slingshot moving back, as you're saying. Also, there's a shadow aspect, isn't there, too? That's right. Mm. So these, these lower systems or, or simpler, older systems, they show up as shadow aspects in the higher systems. And there's a relationship that goes three uh, layers down. Yeah. So, for example, in layer six, the shadow aspect is often layer three, which is the egocentric power-oriented yeah. behavior. And layer six being the green layer, the layer of... Um, of humanism and um, you know the, the area that we're moving into. That's right. Very much the, in this the emerging region paradigm here, emerging at a global paradigm. scale. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be looking at those things today. But um, we're playing a bit of Pink Floyd in the background here, as you know, folks. A bit of marooned. We uh, we went to see. Um, you're dropping down there, Steve, down to the lower I'm levels. That's right. Just, yeah. But the slingshot of it, his, his chair dropped uh, several uh, several focus. layers. Power focus. Power focus. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we went to see uh, Roger Waters' Us and Them film yesterday, uh, which certainly figures into this uh, into this story, doesn't it? Very much so. Yeah. It was a very, very interesting and entertaining movie, actually. Mm. Uh, wonderful music, of course, if you're a Pink Floyd fan. Mm. Yeah. Or even if you're not. Even if you're not. <laughs> Hello, Julia. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. No, it was really good. And uh, for those of you that might not have seen the film yet, it's it's basically footage of a number of concerts that he held recently and uh, I think it was across four countries wasn't it Mitch? It was. Uh, had Iran, yeah. Berlin, yeah. Netherlands and, and Sao Paulo I believe. Yeah, Brazil. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, and interspersed or intercut with a lot of um, controversial issues you know like refugees and warfare and that kind of stuff and uh, and interestingly you know there was a combative edge to it which we can discuss yes very <laughs> combative edge yes yes uh, as, as most Pink Floyd fans will know they, they many of their songs certainly were relatively combative and probably uh, prescient in a way I mean they, they were certainly ahead of their time in some ways both musically and some of the things they actually talked about I, I sort of got that from the movie yesterday listening to some of the lyrics again going God, they were writing this 40 years ago mm. or more um, it's interesting you know, that they're yeah, doing it. Very interesting. Indeed. For all of you out there, strangers in a strange land, you're grokking future sense here on Bay FM. You're tuned to Bay FM, 9.17am here on Future Sense. And thanks for joining us. And Steve's going to give a bit of, a, bit of an overview of what we're going to be talking about today. I will. And so we're talking about the first three layers in the spiral of development, the pre-rational layers. And more often on this show, we're talking about uh, the global paradigm shift that's underway. So we tend to hang around the, the sort of yeah, the higher, late part of yeah. first tier yes. and the emerging paradigm and that kind of thing. But it's interesting to take a look at these foundational layers because they're mm. extremely influential and uh, very, very long lasting. They're, they're the oldest value sets that humanity has mm. and still play out surprisingly commonly in everyday life and, and in the media that we create and uh, you know, international politics and all those sorts of things. So well worth diving into. So uh, let me let me just talk uh, briefly to, uh, about those three layers and explain what they are for those of you listening that might not uh, be familiar with them. So the first layer is an individually oriented layer, and it's really the, the first uh, way of being human that emerged in history from from uh, our transformation into being Homo sapiens. Mm. Claire Graves called it autistic, yeah. and uh, I, I found that interesting and uh, had a look at the, the dictionary definition, and these days most people would be familiar with that term autistic uh, being used in psychiatry as a, as a psychiatric condition. Mm. It has a second meaning, and the second meaning is a tendency to view life in terms of one's own needs and desires. Yeah. So this first layer, the uh, what Graves called the autistic layer, and which relates to our life uh, as an early infant, uh, and also at a species level, it relates to our um, emergence as hunter-gatherers and that hunter-gatherer kind of existence. And it's it's all about our basic survival, of course. So as a young infant, you know, when we're first born, we're, we're not producing any art or anything. We're just basically existing, eating, sleeping and doing what we need to do. Mm. Uh, and uh, and at a species level, the the correlation was hunter gatherers are basically just surviving and reproducing. You know, there's no um, there's no significant production of artifacts or cultural structures and all those sorts of things you know, uh, existing in loose bands 
that would uh, wander across the countryside and uh, and hunt and gather their food, and that would take up most of their time. Uh, it's interesting to point out though that Claire Graves didn't have any yeah. hunter gatherers or you know infants in his in his field study, <laughs> um, basically because they, the infants weren't capable of answering these questions. Uh, so his when he was putting together this model, his, this theory of his, he realised that there was something missing at the foundation of the model, and. and you know, uh, bless him for realising that he was such a, an amazing man in, in terms of his inquiry and he ended up looking at a tribe that was living in the Philippines called the Tassaday tribe who were the best example he could find of an of a indigenous culture who were very, very much still living in survival mode and didn't have any elaborate cultural mm. trappings at all. I thought that's why you guys had me here today. It is. It yeah, is. Well, you're, you're a fine representative of that. Yeah, but we appreciate you, it. You have discovered fire though, haven't you, I do believe? I yeah, have. We, we appreciate good. you visiting so us. You're, you're on the way, <laughs> up the spiral. Texting off. <laughs> and, and we'll clean up after you when you yeah, exactly. don't want, don't yeah, you can leave whatever you leave. Droppings, yeah, yeah, it's all yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so uh, yeah, I just want to flag that there's probably a lot we still don't know about this most basic of the value systems because uh, it's been difficult to gather data and yeah. at, the, at this time in history, you know, there aren't any significant undergathering uh, societies left on the planet. And also, there's a lot of controversial history emerging right now, yeah, following the investigation of people like Graham Hancock, mm. Free Silver, and, and many, many others who are out there looking at megalithic structures and trying to piece together history at that time before history was a thing. Mm. <laughs> so we don't have any written records. Uh, and there's some really yeah. out-of-the-box and paradoxical stuff coming out of that, and, and I think we've got a lot to learn about our emergence into mm. Homo sapiens and what life was like on the planet back then and, and maybe who was visiting us at the time mm. may have been influencing what was going on. And as you said, these layers are very long-term, thousands and thousands of years, and as you're speaking, I'm thinking, well, that is such a, a, a powerful, strong template for the, the, the humanity that we know of now, uh, yes. notwithstanding what you just said there, that there may well have been pre-civilization, likely to have been pre-civilizations, oh, yeah. other civilizations that had existed here before. Yeah, and clearly some of those old civilizations were more sophisticated than we are now when yeah. you look at their building construction yeah. and those sorts of things. So we have a lot to learn, but uh, we're, we're working with uh, the best that we have at the moment. And this, so this foundational layer of surviving, layer one, that's been around for, for a long, long time, hundreds of thousands of years, uh, given the human tendency to snap backwards down the spiral when we get under pressure, you know, it's still underpinning our existence, particularly through the first tier, yeah. right up to and including layer six, the emerging uh, postmodern paradigm. And uh, that fear of not surviving, uh, it's often trotted out, you know. It's, it's, I mean, look, you look at what's going on at the moment around the world with uh, Extinction Rebellion, and I mean, that's absolutely underpinned by our most basic fear, which is the fear of not surviving. And as we approach our emergence into the second tier of human consciousness, uh, Claire Graves wrote many, many years ago uh, that this is uh, part of, the, of what's coded into our psychology is that we will start to fear the, that our species may, uh, may go extinct. And, and here it is playing out. And this is the amazing thing about Claire Graves' work is these patterns that he identified, which are fractal patterns. Seriously. And here they are playing out. I mean, it really is quite a powerful it tool is. for understanding what's coming down the track. Uh, and then the second layer, uh, Claire Graves called animistic, and there he was referring to the spiritual outlook of uh, this tribal layer. 
where everything was seen seemed to have a spirit so everything was animated with spirit and there, these were individual spirits that lived in trees rocks rivers uh, and of course our, our ancestors spirits as well mm. it relates to this layer at the very very first communal way of being human that emerged and so it is the foundation of our understanding and our practices of living in community this this second layer uh, and uh, it reflects the time in history at a, at a species level where the hunter-gatherers came together in larger groups and realised that it was safer and more secure and it also freed up uh, time by, by doing that and, and by going from a wandering existence into a relatively stationary existence on a block of sacred land uh, and uh, then starting to um, grow subsistence foods and and then of course you didn't need to kind of go out and gather so much because you had your your, your food gardens mm. and people then had time to sit around and and make baskets and and this is when the the great explosion of culture happened in history about fifty thousand years ago all all of a sudden there was a massive explosion of culture mm. uh, because, partially Just, because of that freeing up of time I mean that, on that uh, that second layer the tribal layer it's interesting how there's uh, almost a nostalgia for that tribalism now there in is culture in, yeah, in so yeah. many different ways yeah. and it's not a bad thing because there's some really good things about the the, the the coming together of the looking after and the the ability to survive better if you are with a tribe with a collective of people so that's existing again but it's kind of as you said earlier it's a resonance with uh, uh, other layers that we're now evolving into it is six, what is that to go back to some sense of tribalism some sense of localization and so on yeah, yeah. And, and remembering that these layers are nested inside each other. So yeah. even with, at this time in history, the emergence of the sixth layer, we still have nested inside our, our value system uh, the fourth layer, which was the, the agricultural communal version, and then the second layer, which was the original communal version. And it's natural for us to look back, particularly in times of transition, where we, we realise that we're outgrowing our modern scientific industrial values, but we're not quite sure of what the next values look like. And so the natural... Uh, reaction is to look backwards to these previous layers yeah. and this is the most foundational the most basic uh, layer that we have of uh, communal living mm. for humanity uh, and uh, of course these things uh, do show up as shadows of the higher levels and so we see in particular in the, the modern scientific value set we see a shadow tribalism which which is most evident in corporations and corporate sorts of tribalism yeah yeah, yeah. And, and poli political tribalism now, so I'd suggest... Oh, absolutely, yeah. It, it, it probably always was, but I think there's much more of that uh, yeah. extant now. They're not ashamed of being factions. They're not ashamed of being tribal no. about within a party, for example, even. That's right, and mm -hmm. democracies come... This, you know, modern democracies come out of the fifth layer, so it's natural mm -hmm. for it to exhibit that tribalism also. Mm -hmm. And then the third layer, uh, which is another individually oriented, the second individually oriented layer in the spiral, uh, is uh, what Claire Graves called egocentric. So it's very much about uh, the emergence of a, of a sense of self uh, and a recognition of a sense of self in a more complex way. It's, it's driven by power, power, having power over, discovering your own personal power at a personal growth level that relates to that time in our childhood when we start to discover that we have power, you know, and, and you see the, the earliest stages mm. of it in, in probably in the terrible twos, yeah. you know, where <laughs> we discovered that, okay, if we make a big noise, we can make stuff happen. Or I guess the, the, the early bully in the playground. Yeah, and yeah. then it plays out and then 
kind of probably usually sort of peaks in the teen years you know where it's so strong that we have to break out of the confines of the the family tribal layer two uh, customs and, and taboos and those sorts of things and um, at a, a species level historically it reflected a time when we all broke out of the boundaries of our tribal land and used our power to invade and conquer other people's lands and, and take their resources and those sorts of things and it was a, a, a very very raw merciless kind of value system and it was prior to our first heart opening which happened at layer four in the with the emergence of the agricultural era where we really we in terms of our sensory sensory capacity we developed the ability to uh, open our heart and connect one to one with an other from the heart center and so it was that it it was a more sophisticated connection than we see in these lower layers and that's not to say that these lower layers don't include some amazing interpersonal relations and connection Uh, they're just of a different quality that's all So that's a, a really simple rundown of what we're talking about, and uh, we, we thought we'd sort of embody some of this pre-rational, impulsive, uh, erratic uh, characteristics. What you got in mind? <laughs> so, so we may jump around. It's a holiday today. Yeah, we might jump around. A bit. We may jump around a bit during the, the show. We'll uh, from here we'll we'll pull out some current affairs examples, and we'll mm-hmm. talk with Mitch here. We'd like to talk about Texas and also the, the media <laughs> media industry. And for those that we didn't uh, actually introduce Mitch properly, those who listen to the show often, you know who Mitch is. And Mitch is uh, well, as he is, he's uh, currently residing mostly in Austin, Texas. He's a, a media producer and was the director of uh, the, the very well-known movie DMT, The Spirit Molecule, and also the transmedia producer of uh, the film that we all showed here around Australia recently, From Shock to Awe, which we've talked about here, and you were the transmedia producer from that. And on that, just before we take a break, on what you were saying then about power and the youth, I, I suddenly thought about how many. TV series and programs are about teenagers breaking free. I mean, it's kind of obvious it always was, but yeah. it's such a strong figure at the moment. I, and I'm thinking about Netflix and thinking of the number of shows that are sort of aimed at that market and really all about that that uh, that evolution of the teenager in that period, one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We are living in a time of revolution. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You're on Future Sense. Let's take a break here. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage. Emerge, activate, and spiral up. It's 9.37 here on Bay FM. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jean, Steve McDonald, and our special guest, the Texan Elf, <laughs> Mitch Schultz, who's, uh, who's uh, leaving town tomorrow. Here he goes. Hi. <laughs> you can't hear that. <laughs> Back Just, to the future. Yeah, there you go. Um, thanks for a couple of texts and uh, thanks to George slash Clinton. It's not the same person. You're welcome, Nick. Happy birthday for last week. I'm different from Clint. Thanks from George I mentioned before. Okay, there's two of you. Well done. Thanks for listening. And uh, just so you know, you can tune into all of our um, programs here. Edited broadcasts of Future Sense at futuresense.it is the website. It's a portal. You can go there or most of your platforms. You can get us or our Twitter feed at Future Sense Show. And also on uh, our BayFM page, Future Sense you can listen to the full show at any time, probably within a couple of hours of the show, once I go into the thing and register us there for the new show. We're talking about some of the uh, the drivers of the, what we could say, the lower layers of uh, the model of Claire W. Graves and uh, how they're still influencing us right now. That's right. And, and uh, you know, lower doesn't refer no. in any way to them being inferior or weaker or anything like that. It's It's... Uh, we can say that they're the oldest, most longest established uh, value systems that humanity has. They, they lay our foundations. And 
uh, first up, just talking about the, the first layer when we first became human, Homo sapiens, uh, which was oriented very much around survival. And so we're talking, talking historically about our earliest indigenous existence. And uh, there's some really, really strong themes that come out of that, like our origin stories, you know, stories of, of how we came to be. Yeah, uh, yes, indeed. Our intimate connection to the earth. And, and the land which we lived on. And uh, inevitably in these indigenous uh, stories that have been carried forward in some cases tens of thousands of years, mm. and I always think of this particular case here in Australia where there was a, there is an Aboriginal cultural story which has, has been told, it seems, for around 30,000 years because it contains a description of an uh, astro nomical event which yes. was a supernova yeah. uh, which was recorded in oral history and, and maintained and passed on for that mm. amount of time which blows me away Amazing. when you think about that it's just incredible and and if we look around the world at, at our earliest indigenous uh, peoples we find inevitably stories of connections to star people as well yes very very consistent yeah. uh, which is part of this uh, mysterious emergence of new history and you know what will be the the rewriting of our early history which is going to happen over the next couple of decades i think i love my personal story about that is uh, about sirius and the sirius mystery which is probably the most famous early book about the star system sirius by robert temple and in that book he talks about the dogon people of africa the d-o-g-o-n right. yeah uh, which is interesting because the dog the dog on the dog and uh, Sirius, Sirius is the, the dog, dog star. star. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. But the Dogon yeah. knew about Sirius B, which is the second star in the star system. You can see Sirius A from here by the naked eye, one of the brightest stars in our sky. It's about eight light years away from Earth. Uh, but Sirius B, you can't see with the naked eye. But the Dogon knew that uh, that star was there, and they knew of the fifty-year um, orbital rotation of that star around the other sun, yeah. the main sun. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. It is very yeah. interesting, isn't it? Very interesting indeed. And so um, you can see from these themes, you can see that this is a very, very powerful and significant uh, value system at this first layer. Uh, and uh, if we feel some of those concepts are ever threatened, you know, it's very alarming for us as individuals to feel mm. that our, our basic survival is threatened or perhaps the, you know, the, our understanding of who we are, where we've come from, uh, our connection to land and those sorts of things. So it, it, there's a lot of power in that also which is often rolled out in the present day mm. uh, and you can just think of you know significant global events and how um, organizations will imply or, or um, you know actually report real threats to our survival and what impact that has on us as mm. individuals and on our societies mm. it's extremely powerful and it, it is our it's our foundation you know it's like pulling the rug out from beneath our feet mm. Yeah. It's interesting how we've, most people, I don't want to generalise too much, but would not go back to that deeper heritage. Some people are interested in ancestry. That's been quite a thing in the last 20 or so years. We've got the technology to look at that, DNA testing and so forth. So a lot of people are interested in that, but we don't go very far back. I'm thinking we, you know, we identify with being, for example, politically speaking now, we identify with being white or with Iranian or with this or that. We yeah. don't reach back into the deeper history we're talking about that we all come from the same place ultimately. That's right. And, and the main reason there is that there, you know, there aren't good records and there aren't good links. No, um, from these oldest times, there there is no written history as such. Yeah. The best we've got is, is uh, you know, cave paintings and, and carvings and rocks and those sorts of things. But it, it is very interesting, and, it, and you know, my own personal journey has been fascinating uh, with with the Aboriginal link in my uh, bloodline and and. 
while that was sort of largely unspoken when I was younger, you know, but but somehow acknowledged and and part of that was because of the social. Oh, Byron is famous. And Sorry, social. I was trying to knock it off there, but went and hit it again. It's, it's a holiday. It's, it's a holiday. holiday yeah, folks. We had a we had a big weekend. The good thing is we're un- totally unsupervised in the studio here. Yeah, there's no, no, here. no staff. It's, here, it's so really fun. We feel like naughty boys and girls. Yeah, we're boys here. But yeah, yeah. I think unless but, you're uh, a girl. <laughs> But uh, I was just talking about yeah. my own personal journey and, and sort of this uh, information that's come to light really t- to my family only within the last couple of years, which is giving us you know, quite concrete information about uh, Aboriginal relatives yeah. in the family, which which then opens up like a doorway to this massively old culture, you know, which which does go back to these times, which is a very very interesting experience for me. To, yeah. yeah, oh for sure. Yeah. And you're uh, just on that. Your your mob is uh, from around. Ipswich somewhere called no uh, no, no yeah and this yeah. this is new information I just got in the last yes. couple of weeks was uh, my cousin's uh, very very um, devoted to to doing the family research and she's mm. been driving all over the country and, and meeting people and she just met uh, an uh, old auntie up in Gladstone who knew about our line of the family knew we existed but and searched for us for years but has never been able to find us and so she was very very happy to meet, meet my cousin uh, Melissa. Yeah who turned up there and then Melissa's just passed it on to the rest of the family and, and what it's done for us is it's actually given us a link to a particular mob which is a Gurren Green, mm. which come from that area mm. Gladstone South there and uh, and that's you know another fascinating revelation that, that's there to be explored and likely that many 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 more of us Australians supposedly white Australians probably have that heritage I humans th- around the world yeah I, I, the world. I really I honestly yeah. think this is something that's going to come out in the next few years is that yes. when you and as part of my own discovery process I've been reading back into history and looking you know we, we traced a couple of years ago my great-great-grandmother to a, a sheep station which is sort of western Monto up in that area you know south of Gladstone west west of Gladstone there uh, and uh, was reading about the early white settlers, you know, who were mostly men who would go into these remote places and live, you know, on their own or in small groups and mm-hmm. interact with the indigenous people. And it was inevitable, of course, that there was going to be um, cross pollination. Cross pollination, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and so, you know, I suspect that part of the uncovering of Australia's history over the next few years is going to be this realization that there are probably a lot of Australian people who identify with being European who actually have Aboriginal blood in there. How about in the States with the with the indigenous American Indian population there? Yeah, there, same sort and of even down into into Mexico with the yeah. indigenous communities there and, and you know how the mestizo came about and there are deep connections uh, that go way back uh, and that still are playing out today as you're saying. Um, I don't know what's feeding back there, folks. Sorry, I'm just trying to get a good mic level. Uh, uh, indigenous piper yeah. playing some music in the background here, just <laughs> for atmospherics. <laughs> Go on. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you've been interested, for, for example, American Indian heritage in your bloodline, just as a little side topic there briefly. Yeah, just, I mean, I've been fascinated by, by yeah. the culture in general. Um, yes. I don't know of anything in my in my particular family, mm. um, but always had a calling and um, interest in, in just finding out what our roots were as, as just being human in general. Um, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> How's it working out for you? <laughs> Great. It's still a little early for me this morning, you guys, so I appreciate your, uh, your patience. You're, you're, not quite, you're not quite human this morning. We shouldn't sleep very well last night. He's suffering some survival issues, basically, first layer. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, just goes to show how important it is to attend to those things. Right? Well, it's going back to that other country over the water there, which we'll probably touch on uh, fairly shortly, given the situation in, the, in your home country, for sure. That's right. Yeah, thinking about tribalism, yeah. Yeah, thinking about tribalism. Yeah. And, uh, you know, talking about Australia's sort of frontier times, I mean, uh, that theme is still very strong in Texas, isn't it? Right. The, the remembrance of those frontier times. And, I mean, Texas is on the frontier with Mexico. It's still on the frontier. And, yeah. Yep. And uh, still playing out in many ways. Yeah. Yes. And has a very individually oriented culture. Doesn't it? It does. Texas. Yeah, and there's a, there's a lot of similarities between Texas and Australia. That's true. That I found yeah, um, yeah. with that individual nature and, and how that that plays out. So yeah, the Lone Star State. The Lone Star the State, lo- and everything is bigger. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And as I uh, I mentioned in the introduction to the show, you know, it's interesting to look at the current affairs around the world at the moment and and the themes that are coming up and. Mm. One of the patterns that Graves uh, described in his theory is he, he recognized that the first six layers of consciousness from hunter-gatherer through to this emergent postmodern humanism uh, represented a, a kind of set, you know, and, and it started with a, a masculine me-oriented system in the hunter-gatherer and it finishes with a, a feminine we-oriented system in uh, the, the postmodern relativistic. Mm. Uh, and he, and then the the, sh- the change beyond six was such a, a a different and significant change compared to the changes between one, two, three, four, five, six, that he said, okay, this is actually something else. This is the beginning of, of what ended up being called the second tier of human consciousness, and uh, integrated. So even even the identification with male female is in, 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 it begins to be integrated in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, you know, I guess one of the most significant things from a, a, a biological physiological point of view is the the left right brain integration which comes in that second tier transition whereas in the first tier we're constantly switching at each value system to either left or right brain dominance and so that's where we get the individual versus communal themes playing out very very strongly and as he was trying to analyze his data uh, particularly of a few very few individuals in his set of 1065 people who, who showed up in the second tier uh, he was looking at what ended up uh, being the eighth layer in his system, the most complex layer, and they looked a lot like uh, tribal folks from the first, uh, from from the first tier at the second layer, the original tribal. Uh, yet they were they were different and much more complex in in mm. certain ways, and that led him to realise that there was a repetition of themes between the first tier and the second tier. So the the first layer in the first tier is about survival very much at a local and individual yes. level. And then uh, as we uh, transition into second tier, into layer seven, there's a, this huge theme of survival of our species it's at a global, planet, planetary yeah. level. Which, so of course, as you said earlier, we're seeing that now. We so are. We're seeing the response to that idea that we are maybe facing extinction by some elements in society that are driven back to that fear response and going, we have to fight this, we have to fight against extinction. Yeah, and when one of the significant things about that transition into second tier is this letting go of fear, and mm. and before it has to be let go, because we're talking about complex systems dynamics here, with complex systems it's never a linear trajectory. Right? It's, always, it's always flicking backwards and forwards from the different poles or extremes, and so we should expect a big peak in fear just before fear drops away massively mm-hmm. you know, in the same way that we see these extremes with climate in one direction and then they'll go massively in the mm-hmm. other direction mm-hmm. uh, so extinction rebellion is uh, a very confirming example of this developmental process that's yes. going on yeah. and the fear that's rising around us not surviving as a species and yeah. that's telling me 
that, okay, we're actually really on track for this big transition into second tier, uh, you know, and it's, that's not saying it's going to be an easy ride. No. It's going to be a rough ride, but uh, it's happening. Mm. It's happening. Beautiful. Take a break here on Future Sense. It's 9.50. Mitch, did you want to say something? Hello. <laughs> Thanks, Mitch. <laughs> that's all. Oh, dear. Oh. Oh, dear. Uh, we're crazy in here today. Thank you very much. It's holiday time, isn't it? Hey. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia, at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.